What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast here on this Wednesday to recap the first victory that was Monday night and also to preview the game going on Friday night. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, this one should be pretty simple. It's kind of just takeaways from what we saw. It was a blowout as expected. There were pros and cons in this first game. We'll talk about We'll just we'll go through every player, what we liked, what we didn't like, and then obviously the team itself before we just round it up talking about Queens at the very end, a good Queens team. But it was an interesting Monday night, to say the least, and a lot of different facets, not always on the court, but even kind of off the court, the kind of different things. What's going on? Yeah, it was good to be back in, in the Ben Terra Center and uh, get to see a lot of these guys on the floor and Obviously, we were excited about some players and good to see this team back. Always, like we talked about on Sunday, about this being a basketball school and football season not going smoothly. And it's just excited to have basketball back and have a, had a decent, I, I'd say, decent crowd for Monday night. I mean, 4,500 for a Monday night is pretty good against a, a non-division one. And hopefully there's more than that this Friday. I know they're pushing dog pound. It's dog pound night or whatever they're calling it and expect another big crowd there. Yeah, it was like 55% feel kind of thing. We were saying, I was saying like maybe 50 to 60, just if that were to be the case. And it was a pretty good turnout. We saw football players there and the highlight they posted, Mike Reese, Nick Hill were there and all that stuff. But overall, I always say each year that I wonder if they did anything different to the Van Terris and added not necessarily banners or even though the pictures should be updated. That's just something that it will never happen. It seems like, but just anything else that's different. The only things that were, that we found out were where the media usually sits up there, caddy cornered uh, where we kind of always have sat before there's like nice little seating area from the people that are over there in the suite across on the concourse. And then we, the band isn't in their usual spot. The media, there's only three media members sitting on just a pullout table there on the where the band used to be and the bands over there with the dog pen. I guess that's to and that was just a you know just a first initial thing to try to do to try to fill up the dog pound even though we we think it doesn't need to be filled anyway they do that regardless but the band was over there it, it was fine overall it was just weird and then the scoreboards weren't showing numbers and names and the top one wasn't doing anything so I don't know if it was disrespect to Kentucky State or if it was just them not being ready but they had all off season two so that's everything of atmosphere wise it was pretty good uh before you know we got there try to we got there probably what 45 minutes early eight before and the first thing we wanted to see well, as soon as we got there was what's Jared Hensley up to is he dressed is he not and lo and behold, he was not dressed. He was in a jumpsuit, uh, sitting for a while, then up up and walking around and stuff. So we know that's still the case with him. People have said around maybe the end of November, early December, when people start to hear back from the NCAA about their current status. But we don't fully know Jared. So who knows when we could see him. Uh, but again, this team will, will need him. We saw Kate on a scooter, uh, which again – he's been dealing with that thing forever. And the fact that now he's on a scooter, it's like he tweaked it again or something. He's been going, he's been dealing with that thing all summer. And then we saw Sheridan. I don't think a boot. I didn't really notice. I didn't see the angle he might've had it on, but he was there in a jumpsuit as well. So that's the stuff you notice pregame. The guys warming up typically. No, let's dive into clearly. This ain't going to be a usual Valley game. We're going to go through the tidbits. It ain't going to be that it's going to be just acknowledging a lot of things. This was kind of a tale of two halves. I mean, we were, 
I say coming out firing. We'll talk about what the starting lineup was, and we kind of knew beforehand at least one of them that was. Uh, and you know, we're firing. They were a team that were just going to fire up shots themselves, and we had a nice lead, and then it got a little even until we kind of pulled away near the the end of the second half. No, the starting five was Xavier Johnson. Uh, no surprise there. Trent Brown, AJ Ferguson, Troy D'Amico, and Clarence Rupert. Um, no, do you think that is a? I think just overall, we'll talk about the other players and there no Jared. Would you would you say that that would be the starting five? Definitely for the, I say foreseeable future. We'll dive into those players clearly, but your initial thoughts on the lineup and I guess at the start of the game, what you did like and who maybe came off the bench first. Yeah, I mean, we knew going into the season with whole whole new team and we knew two starters most likely x and clarence but we knew there could be a whole different things to see and we just got to see that seeing troy obviously we knew probably without Jarrett for probably till non or till conference season troy's probably gonna start at that four spot we just didn't know we figured trent would probably get that starting spot being the guy that's been here since brian's been here and um, who would be that three? Thought it'd probably be the 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 power five guy from the American Conference and R.J. McGee, but um, didn't see him very much in this game. But got to see a lot of guys. Obviously, got to see Trey Miller and Kennard Davis and Scotty right off the bench right away. Then obviously Yovan came in for had a pretty good stretch there. But obviously, I mean, seeing A.J.'s progression, we knew what he could bring. All it took was really. A year, a year of development for him in this system, and he's made himself a starter. Yeah, well, I guess we can dive into AJ first because he was, you know, I think. Oh, I thought X was very impressive. And it, talking about those three starters, X, Troy, and Clarence, those are the three guys. They said, yeah, they're now they're ramping up. They've been good for a week or two weeks up until Monday's game, to where a lot of those guys look good. Troy was kind of off to a to a uh, uh, slower start than the other two were, but. AJ for sure. He was showing the aggressiveness that we said uh, that he had last year in the in the in the moments that he was in. He was kind of out of control at times, but he he played confident and he was all over the place stealing and doing everything. But in this game, he was skying for rebounds. He was defending like we want him to, and you could just know he looked like he deserved to be out there. And Luke Martin said just on the pregame radio, they were talking about him and just mentioned he was a starter. He's the only one we knew about before the game was about to start. But yeah, love what we saw from. So I, again, I think this lineup is what it will be because, you know, again, whether it was a lot of the new guys off the bench. And at first we said, Oh, Yovan Trey and RJ off the bench. Like that's lethal. That's really good. And you had Scotty and you have Kanara. That's a pretty good five off the bench. Um, but we were okay with the starting five. And going through, Noah, the Kentucky State made their first three. It took them two seconds out of the shot clock as soon as they hit half court and somebody uh, banked in a three. So then that's kind of how it went. But other than that, Noah, I mean, we'll talk. We'll get to the second half when it was there. It was just completely different than the first. But going through every player-wise, uh, Xavier didn't really miss a beat. You know, but it seemed like he's looking to be that next level score, and that's exactly what he was. He was one of three in the first half from three, six of ten though overall had thirteen points. I mean, he was driving with ease, tons of ball screens from Clarence, and he was kind of just driving and getting to the rim, floating it, doing all these other kinds of things. He just looked 
he kind of it's crazy how he was hurt because he like looks different athletically. He just looks like he's a stud. He looks like the second and third team member that we've that we predicted this year. Uh, he looked really good. Had a lot of these guys had great plus minuses, Noah, but none better in the first half in the game than Trent Brown. Um, didn't score in the first half. He didn't really. He didn't shoot at all. He played twelve minutes. Kind of was just out there going around, but. Uh, and we already t- pretty much talked about AJ. So those first three we like, like I said, AJ was rebounding, and uh, he had a he had an M one before the half ended. Uh, and then you know, like I said, Troy he was he was scoreless in the first half, and then Clarence had six points, was good around the rim. He was had five rebounds, plus minus of ten, had an assist as well. He was like he was getting those offensive boards and putting them back if there were misses. You know, a main part. Talk about the new guys that came in. What you saw from those guys specifically, because. Turns out we'll get to the final one, the one you just mentioned, the aforementioned RJ McGee. But no, Yoban and Trey, how important those guys have to be. And, you know, even of one of those two, Yoban looked like he belonged 100% right away. The only thing that probably he did wrong and the team overall did not do well was free throws. Noah, uh, like I said, I went through your thoughts on the guys I said of the lineup, like X and Trent, what you liked. And then, like I said, the guys coming off the bench, including Scotty, because he got a lot of free throw ops as well in the first half. Yeah, definitely seeing uh, Trent. I mean, finding that confidence, that's always what we've been waiting for, and he really shot it in that second half with confidence and finding ended up four, four or five from a, a drove after he had a, a very misblown three-on-one break. He tried to give it back to Clarence, but he turned it over. But the next possession, he just drove it down the lane and made an and-one layup and made his free throw. So him playing with more confidence is definitely being healthy, um, get to expect to see that more from him. Then obviously, yeah, X taking that next step. He had some bad possessions, but was really good. Then obviously Clarence ended up with a double-double. He's started to take that next step. He did bank in a three. He was one of two, but um, expect him to expand that a, level, a little bit more and maybe take those two three-pointers a game. But those guys off the bench, Yovan right away. I mean, I was this is the guy that I was most excited for to see him. He really showed up three of five from three, being that guy. Struggled a little bit from the line, was three of five, but was really good out of the gates. I think this is going to be your guy that's going to be that scoring machine, a potential leading scorer on this team if it's not X. Um, then those other guys, Scotty come in and done what, he, done what he's done his whole career. If he's healthy, he's going to run down the floor. He's going to get paint touches and dominate he's four of 11 from the line but as a guy expect if we can get to that around 50 percent or maybe above that we're going to take it every time then um then the other guys off the bench i mean you saw trey miller i mean from what i expected didn't really see that i mean he wasn't really looking to score i thought he'd be a little bit more maybe aggressive trying to look to score, but he was definitely a pass first guy struggled a little bit with turnovers when they pressed him, but um, really like what I saw still room to improve on from his first game in the system. Then obviously we saw Kennard Davis, his first minutes as a true freshman. And he looked like I expected to defensive and athletically ready to play, but obviously um, didn't take a shot. That's as expected as a freshman doesn't want to do too much, but he's got a lot of room then, the aforementioned R.J. McGee left a lot to be desired for me, what I expected of him, but he did rebound and play decent defense. So um, got the, he played the besides Chris Cross, his last couple minutes of the game, R.J. played the fewest. Um, almost looked like 
he was coming off an injury that we didn't know about, just kind of the way he plays, but maybe that's just how it is. And AJ and Kennard just had too good of off seasons for him to find a role in this team. It's a great point. As we know, RJ was the last one to be on the team and heck there could have been a reason why he was still in the portal. I wouldn't think so, but for sure. I mean, expecting him to come in here, and kind of be mentioned on the preview and other times, it's like, you know, hopefully just a mix of what Cash and Jawan did. I mean, it, it looked like he was far from it. He, It is weird. Again, I was speechless trying to, like, describe it because he looked like he was, like, maybe hurt, but just playing too – I think a lot of these guys were antsy. But he was, like I said, he's leaving me speechless. Just, like, how his mannerisms were, how he was, like, over-aggressive going for balls. It looked like – like Chris Cross played pretty well when he came in. Like RJ came in and played like he was the walk-on kind of thing. Like he played like he didn't know what he was doing kind of thing, which ultimately caught, I think, everybody off guard, for sure me. And we weren't sure in that moment. And, again, you come – he was the last one off the bench. We were kind of like, is he hurt or, you know, just – yeah. I, I You said it there. AJ and Kennard did have two good of off-seasons and RJ was late to the party that it kind of looked like that could have been the case. But – um, you know, I think these next two games for RJ will show if he continues to play like this kind of overly aggressive, but it's not productive, then I feel like with no Jared Hensley and it's when we're relying so much on Trey and Yovan as new guys that there will be a lot of problems because if he's not, he had a putback that he should have made. But again, I think he's antsy, nervous, but he shouldn't be. I mean, again, Five points in the AAC, 17 points against Memphis, who has the top five defense every year. It's like it's just weird. Like you don't come in here and take a step back, but that's where I think the injury thing is a thing. But weird with him, like I said, we got to see the next two games of him being a little bit more productive in those spots and moments and not look like he's his own walk-on out there, to be honest. Definitely a lot to be desired with him. Uh, you know, Trey came in, and as we know, it's Sheridan's hurt. Trey's got to come and be the backup point guard, and he was. You know, Kentucky State was going to, Definitely pressure as soon as they scored. Their fans behind the bench were kind of getting into it with the dog pound, and it was kind of like a mess down there, it seemed like. But they were getting confident there in the second half, and Trey was turning it over. He was hitting guys when the back door wasn't there, even though it was working at times for the team. And, yeah, kind of just getting his his pocket picked at times. But uh, he had a lot on his plate, you know, being the lead ball handler. Sometimes we weren't having the help on those presses and stuff, but he definitely – uh, hopefully turnovers won't be a problem with him. He is a guy that needs to get to the paint, rely on his floater, be strong, and not pass it overly much. We definitely need him to score. Like we said, if RJ isn't going to be that, and, and Jarrett's not going to be much. But um, Yovan's special, I think, for this team. He's got he's going to score great. He was a great three-point shooter Monday night. He was a leader. You can tell he's gathering the guys in the huddle after every single dead ball. I mean, he is – he, he does need to come off the bench because we need that kind of firepower and leadership. Uh, so he was by far the best newcomer. Kennard definitely showed freshman signs, and it's reasonable. He's the only one we could accept that, okay, if he plays bad, it's reasonable. And he didn't play bad. He just didn't play, like, overly great, I guess one could say. But uh, hopefully Scotty doesn't get the JD treatment of Hackashack. Uh, but he'll get all the ops. Hopefully that's all he's working on. No, we – we wish that he would use his left hand a little better around the rim. He goes up with both hands and, you know, Trey found him on a dunk at one point too. So overall there were awesome signs throughout the game. Trent did catch fire in the second half. X did have his bad moments, but he looked great at, as we've said, that's pretty much everybody that hit the court. Like I said, Troy wasn't at his best expecting to be better Friday night, but no, like I said, tail of two halves because we weren't really subbing as much in the second half. And 
there were spurts where guys were playing five minutes at a time and maybe they were tiring out. But when you're up that much, you kind of do let off your foot off the gas. You could win by 50, but you will let it off and they will start to make shots. They made some okay shots at times, but no, I think just the effort wasn't there totally in the second half. Brian mentioned we want to play 40 minute defense. And again, when you're winning by that much, it's going to, it's going to like be off a little bit, but no, your overall thoughts again of, um, maybe what you didn't like in the second half, some of those things I've already mentioned with some of these players, and then you can dive into a box score, potentially just anything else that stuck out to you while we round this out. Yeah, obviously. I mean, being this first game and being this new group, I mean, I would thought second half being up that much, you might some try different rotations and play some guys that you may not see on the floor together, and we didn't really see that. But got to see a lot of guys – get some opportunities and see what happens, but just jumping in. I mean, I spoke on Clarence having a double, double, I mean, 13 and 11, he, him adding his rebounding has improved a lot. He, I mean, still passing ends up with 14 assists, no turnovers for him. X didn't have any turnovers. I mean, AJ, it says he only has seven rebounds. We, we, we would like to challenge that and have a recount because I felt like AJ had 10 rebounds as well. I mean, then we know, Another thing that subs, I mean, 12 points and six rebounds for Scotty in 17 minutes. We expected that to see what happens, but loved what I saw a lot of these guys for this first first win in this new new season and getting that next step because obviously you can't play your best that first game, but a lot of jitters and getting them out and let, just letting them go play, and they did that. I mean, credit to LeVar Miller Jr. He ended up with 19, six of eight from three. I mean, He's definitely a talented player, and, I mean, some of the shots, Brian got mad at Trent for not getting up on him, but, I mean, the one he got, I think it was early in the game, and he just chucked it from the volleyball line almost, and Trent would have had to, unless he was just face guarding him, he wouldn't have been able to get there and defend that shot, but you can tell why he's at that level because not a lot of coaches going to put up with that kind of shooting. But if you're going six of eight from three every night, I guess they'll put up with it and at that style of play. But a lot of, a lot of things you like, like from this team to improve on, to get ready for Friday night. Yeah. It just seemed like this group needs to, because we did see stagnants in this game. We did see not overly hesitancy. Like we saw AJ drive, like we said, Trey needs to be that aggressive that we thought he could be coming in and that surely is still to come, but definitely. Yeah. This was a, this was kind of games like a lose, lose kind of thing. If you win by 55, okay. Where you beat, you did what you're supposed to, who cares? You beat a D2 team. If you won by 30 or less, it's like, okay, well you didn't do enough. It was kind of a lose, lose kind of game, but you just needed to show good signs. And we didn't turn it over that much. Like I said, mainly in the second half we did, but uh, definitely liked what we saw from again. Yeah, Scotty, he's not going to get these kinds of guys every single night, as we know, but he's going to get the run and he's going to shoot over at least 60% around the rim, you would think. And again, hopefully, he works on his free throws. He is the X factor on this team because he can add that eight to 10 points every other night or every night that they're going to need if there is some hesitancy and we don't have Jared and RJ doesn't give anything. And if you're relying on Jovan X and Clarence to do all the scoring per se, Trent's not going to go up every night, even though it, it would like to. He's as healthy as he's ever been. Hopefully we see Trent fully take off. We know Troy will give us more uh, at the end of it. But I did love – I mean, Clarence is going to – he he didn't look like he was, he's been injured because he was skying for rebounds. Him and AJ will be big-time rebounders for us. We like what we saw athletically from those two. And then, yeah, Kennard. Again, this team will be defensive. I mean, X was still picking up. 
you know, full court on their guys, what we'll see, you know, throughout the rest of the season. Kennard was Dean about like we will be an awesome defensive team. It's just a matter of if that scoring will be there and there will be bad moments of having to score. But hopefully they do what Brian said initially, where the ball will move. And it did at times. You know, they Yovan had a pass where he was it was when he was high. You find the hot hand and then he hit Kennard, went to the corner, Kennard hit him back for that next three. It's like, okay, you need that kind of uh you know, IQ play and the ball movement like we like to see. So overall, again, the second half wasn't that great because it left foot off the gas. Other than that, it was good. Definitely the work on free throws. Hopefully that improves. Uh, Trent was a plus 34 in this game. They talked to him afterwards. But, yeah, a lot of things to get ready for a better Queens team, which we'll talk about here near the end. Um, I mean, in terms of dogs of the game, you called – you said Clarence before. That's who I'll give it to because he looked incredible – uh, we did see Noah, Marcus, and Lance play in their first couple games. Uh, I don't have it in front of me if I looked it up. If While I'm stalling here, if you wanted to go to them too, and I will as well, about what those two guys did. We'll always, uh, you know, update clearly of what those guys did. Noah, do you have anything? Uh, we know EIU was in Champaign, and then Purdue uh, hosted a game. What did the two SIU grades do? Yeah, Purdue hosted Sanford um, in a battle of Lance Jones versus former almost SIU commit AJ Stat McCray. Um, Lance and um, I mean Lance three of nine, zero for four from three, six points, three rebounds, three assists. Uh, he struggled a little bit, obviously shooting, and we see that from Lance a lot last year. He's going to struggle shooting, but his teammates Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer picked that up. I mean they both of them combined for an eight, eight for 11 from three. So um, with his struggles, he's always got to find those two guys. And obviously you can always go down to Edie in that one. Then in the other one, Marcus with an 80 to 52 win over EIU, he started struggled as well. Two of eight from the field, one of six from three had six points, four rebounds, three assists. So both struggle shooting mightily in their first matchup. So hopefully that, that changes soon. Yeah, and it's 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 the first game for those guys as well. They're against poor opponents, so you maybe expect a little bit better. But Illinois struggled as a whole team, so Marcus definitely fed into that. It's weird seeing him shoot that poorly from three. And then Lance, I mean, they're both starting, which is a great sign, whether Lance starts all season. Uh, him starting with those two awesome guards and then Edie and then a nice young guy they like at that spot. I mean, then they got – uh, what's his name off the bench too. I mean, if he starts all year, that'd be crazy. We know Marcus probably will as well. So yeah, both struggle, but they'll both get back into it. Uh, Illinois plays Oakland coming up and Purdue has a decent one, I think coming up as well. Uh, now let's get around the Valley for what other teams did in their first game. We know there's still one team to play tonight, the Drake Bulldogs and one team played last night, but no, you can go through clearly those matchups, but go through Monday first and, Start off with also with two of the uh, uh, Central Illinois teams didn't have a couple players for different reasons here in their games, but let's go through them all. Yeah, definitely. Uh, real quick, I was going to go through two former Salukis we're going to try to keep track of. Oh, yeah, good Steven, Steven Verplankton, he uh, he played a non-Division one. He had 16 points, uh, 5'11 shooting, 2'07 from three uh, for Weber State. Um, then also – in the uh, Horizon League at Green Bay now um, is Foster Wonders, and they lose um, their first game of the season, but a big, uh, 
I don't know where it just went. I had it, but they lose big. To, I picked them to cover. I thought they just for Foster and, and Foster's sake, but they lose big 85-44 to Iowa State. Um, Foster did play 22 minutes off the bench, had 11 points, three of six shooting from three. Um, that's what we expect from Foster. So he's getting 22 minutes a night. That's what he needed here, and we didn't get to see that. But all, around the Valley Monday night, got to see – uh, some non-division, a lot of non-division one games. Indiana State blew out uh, St. Mary's of the Woods. Uh, two of their transfers that we were in on were stars. Uh, Isaiah Swope, 26 points. Ron Conwell, 25 points. Xavier Bletson had 11 assists in that one. To, he leads the nation in assists per game right now, I think. They were without uh, Robbie Avila, so... We know last year, every time he came out, he had his knees iced down the stretch there. So wonder exactly what's going on with him. Other games, Valpo blows out Trinity, 161. Isaiah Stafford, the guy I wanted to come to SIU, we didn't show any interest. 20 points for Valpo. Um, very good game for Isaiah and that team. Roger Powell gets his first victory. Murray State blows out Midway, 91-58. Nick Ellington, the Eastern Illinois transfer, um, shines in that one for his first game as Murray, Murray State's big man, 22 points, 12 rebounds, 8 of 12 shooting. So he was really good in other games. Illinois State um, blows out Lourdes, 75-56. Malachi Porndexter, 16 points in that one. Uh, Dalton Banks, 10 points, four four rebounds, six to six. I mean, he's getting a start for them. So really nice to see Dalton get fit in that system really well right away. And uh, they were without Kendall Lewis because uh, he, he participated in a summer league basketball game in St. Louis. I did not. I did not expect that. I don't know how that's against the rules because uh, there's a lot of kids in the country I would assume would be suspended for a game for violating that kind of rule if you can't play summer league basketball. Um, but then the, the Division One games in the Valley Monday night, Missouri State, we were watching, keeping up with this one, watching a little bit. They lose on the road at West Virginia, 67-59. Um, a lot of guys, I mean, Chance Moore shined in this one, 24 points. Mason had 15. Don Clay, I mean, I don't know what matchup he had, but he was two points, one of seven shooting, did have nine rebounds. But um, interesting win. They had that one lead late in that one, but blew it. Other ones, Belmont holds on and beats Georgia State. They might have the best big three in the Valley with Kay Tyson, who had 29 uh, Malik Dia, the Vandy transfer, 24. Then Jacoby Gillespie, 17. That's a really good basketball game there. Evansville gets a big win over a max school, Miami, Ohio, 72-64. Um, really, really cool to see that. Obviously, Ben hum Humriches, the transfer, leads the way with 18. Then uh, UIC loses to Cincinnati um, in the late game. Uh, really shocking to see. Obviously, they're still without Marquise Kennedy because of injuries, but they had a different starting lineup than I expected. But uh, obviously, O'Connor led the way with 20 points, 11 rebounds, and in the biggest game in the Valley on Monday night. Uh, in overtime, Bradley escapes with an ugly win at UAB, 73-71, led by Malevi Leons and uh, Darius Hanna, late bucket with 14, wins that one for them. Then Tuesday night, 
UNI loses another overtime game for the Valley to North Texas. They blew that one late. Um, got to see Jacob Hudson and his first start for UNI was pretty good. But Heiss, we know he missed last season. He's going to be a big factor for them. And obviously tonight, Drake opens up against Lipscomb. Expect uh, probably Drake to blow them out. Yeah, they're 15-and-a-half-point favorites. Landon Wolf went off for UNI last night. They did kind of blow it. They had their moments. North Texas, they're they're veteran and they're athletic. So that was a good kind of test for UNI. We know, we know they'll have more athletic tests here coming up in MTEs. But uh, we spoke about – you already said Kendall Lewis missed for the summer thing, but we found out before the game that Trey Pettigrew and Bradley, one of the new guys from Nevada – he is now off the team, apparently, for breaking team rules. Nobody knows exactly what it is, or I haven't seen at least. But um, he'd factor in just as a as a role player, uh, which I can't even recall if, if this happened, like, right before the game because definitely Brian Wardle was on March of the Arch, I mentioned on the last one, probably a long time ago. And I don't even think he mentioned his name. He might have. Uh, so he's he didn't factor in. He's probably – clearly now he's not going to. That was like a last-second thing, him and Kendall Lewis last-second Thing So that's interesting. But um, a lot of these other teams are starting guys off the bench. So it seems like they wouldn't normally. I mean, Malik Deal, we know they have a lot of young guys off the bench. Other than him, they only had eight bench points. And, they, you know, these teams are playing, like, way better teams than what us or others are playing. So it's weird having Malik Deal come off the bench and do this. He had an easy sports center top ten dunk on, which was nasty. Yeah, he was running the floor, as we said. Casey Alexander was raving about him. 24 is crazy. Kate Tyson, 29 against a good – 9 of 12 shooting is crazy. They do have an elite big three. And then they have Keyshawn Davidson in the, right in the wings for a fourth as well. Um, Murray's – I just have a feeling Murray's going to put up a crap ton of shots this year. You put Sean Walker in that lineup. Nick Ellington seems like a guy that isn't going to shoot threes. He's kind of a – you can kind of push him out of the basket because he's going to get those rebounds and he's not going to space the floor, which could be a good sign for us. Uh, UIC did fight in that one. And then, yeah, Missouri State, if Don Clay does a little bit more, they win this game. Tyler Bay had seven off the bench to lead the way. NJ Benson has been starting for them as well. You expect Indiana State to, I guess, be that dominant uh, against a poor team. Swope and Conwell were great. Yeah, Avelia did not play. So that's what happened elsewhere around the league. No, let's finish this thing talking about Queens. We played them last year. We blew them out. They kind of showed signs. You know, I talked about, not I think, over the offseason. Or I'm thinking of, who am I thinking? I'm thinking of somebody State, else. I thought. Next opponent. Right. right. But um, the fact that we look back to see, you know, where they were. They finished in the middle of the pack of their conference last season. They lost their first game, but they showed signs. We talked about how they um, had 18 threes in their secret scrimmage. So they're clearly a much better team than what we saw Monday night. Um, you know, I think we'll have to be on our on our P's and Q's in this game. If they put up shots, you got to contest shots and all this stuff we talked about. But, no, what, what do we know about Queens coming in? Yeah, they're uh... – Ken Palm has them ranked 216. I think they started around 200-ish before the season after their loss to Marshall. But this is a, a team that made the jump to Division One last year um, and got their first win over Marshall in Division One last year, and they lose it. Struggled a little bit in Atlantic Sun play, but um team that loves to push the tempo. I think they were in top 75 in the country in average possession length last year, so like to push the tempo. tempo. They're picked uh, 10th in the A-Sun poll, I think, this year. So a lot of guys to to watch. I think off last year's team, they all they lose is uh, 
Kenny Dry that averaged 17 to graduation. So got a not a lot of depth to this team, but obviously 6'2 guard AJ McKee's one to watch out for, picked um to all conference to start the season. Chris Ashby's a very good uh, he had a team high 71 threes last year. Um just got some other guys to to see what happens. I mean, they put up 26 threes the other nine. I mean, Ashby shot 14 of them, so he's going to launch them. So this is going to have to be where our defense shows um, the defensive three-point. But really like they have some length up, length on the wings and down low, but um, definitely a better team than we saw the other night. And they have a seven-footer transfer from Georgetown. Not sure if he played the other night or not. Could be getting a waiver or something. But excited to – see this team obviously it's always fun to see new teams come to their their arena and get to see new teams obviously aj mckee um is going to be a key one to watch wonder if x will get that draw yeah and even there are other guys you mentioned ashby and albury they will put up tons of shots i mean albury had seven turnovers i mean it's against a higher opponent for them so if they try to do too much but that's the biggest thing again anybody can beat anybody if they can make threes and we expect to have the same starting lineup ourselves. Uh, you know, so they have some options. Again, yeah, a new team coming in, athletic team coming in. And uh, there's a lot of tape on these guys. I'm sure, like I said, they will get the three-pointers up and they might go down. So our defense will be tested and we're just going to have to match them offensively if they get anything going. But, no, your final thoughts overall on hopefully like what you want to see from – the team and the, you know, the players we saw on Monday, like what to improve on even for this game and obviously for these next two uh, to build on before we play a team that James Madison who just beat Michigan State on Monday night on the road. So what do you want to see from the new guys in this game Friday? Yeah, definitely expect them to just improve from that first game. Obviously, they got taped to improve on and take that next step um, and get another home win. Like we said, we're going to be talking – and get, get to drive to Carbondale a lot this season with a record amount of home games, and hopefully there's at least 5,000 there to see this game. Obviously, Queens being out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and a new team that's Division One, get to see and start 1-0 against them in our in our uh, uh, history if we continue to play them down the stretch. But um, a lot of size and athleticism to get, to get us ready for, I think, our next matchup in Chicago state and teams like that down the stretch. So um, early in this non-con, but excited for it. Um, I want to see guys to improve. Obviously if we can get the same out of X and Clarence and those guys and Trent Brown and those guys off the bench to just improve, we'll be just fine. Exactly. They need to just keep it up, not turn it over, do their thing. Yeah. We clearly did play Chicago state last year. I'm thinking of Lincoln Memorial for some reason. I was thinking of Queens last year, but yeah. Expect hopefully a decent, better crowd on Friday. We'll talk about this one sometime in the early week. More than likely, one of us is busy this weekend, so we'll just find a way for it, expect it whenever. So, for Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, go dogs.